Because like I mentioned, there's the foundationary things. And sometimes we miss and we forget some of those foundationary things. And we don't necessarily teach all those foundationary things when we're coaching to more advanced people. So it's good to kind of regress and go back and do the basics. And then how can you make the basics more challenging? So if it does say that it's a beginner's class, what elements can you add to it? Whether you're adding something on your own in between the workout, or if you're increasing weight or you're adding chains or you're doing something to take that beginner program with that beginning education and then making it a little bit more challenging. So you're getting what you need. But I think that there's no such thing as a hard workout and there's no such thing as an easy workout. There's just a workout and whatever you make of it is what it's going to be. Welcome to the Superset Podcast, episode 34. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. So uh, how was your first live class? It was awesome. I took the very, very first live class that ever existed. I wanted to be part of history. Yeah. And it worked out well since I was working from home. Yeah. And uh, so that first class was a power hit class with Coach Woody. And I loved it. I loved seeing all the scrolling across the top. Like you could see all the different people every time they got a PR. And you could see it was like strength PR or if they like hit a milestone of any kind. So if they hit a certain number of pounds, like while we were in class, Kate, Kate, she reached four million pounds while we were in class. And so like the milestones like shift all the way over to the left. And so you can then see it and then you can immediately high five them. And I really loved that. The only thing it's going to take some getting used to is the leaderboard scrolls side to side. And so when I was on, there were 307 people for the very first class mm-hmm. and uh, you couldn't see all 307. So like you'd scroll, right? And then like it would kind of reset and another group would come up and another group would come up. So you really could never... Like if I wanted to high five every single person right. on there, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't see them. And then like somebody got a high five and I didn't even see them in the class or got a shout out. Excuse me. They got a shout out. It was Evan Winder. And I don't even think he was in the class. <laughs> 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 so and I guess because he's been taking all of the he was one of the people that got to do the classes, the beta testing. Oh, beta, okay. And so I don't know if Coach Woody gave him a shout out because he had been one of the beta testers. Right. And so she was just like, oh, he's probably on here. Or <laughs> or if it was a weird glitch or. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it went really fast and I really liked it. No more people can join after like the first block starts. So it kind of freezes the leaderboard at that point from a you can't add standpoint. Okay. Gotcha. But up until like even during the warm up, people were still jumping in. So gotcha. it was really exciting to see like the number just like <laughs> going up the whole time. It was cool. It was really cool. Awesome. Very energetic. Well, that's good. So I guess we will have some more live class stuff to talk about. But beyond that, uh, what do you have in store for people? So let's see. We're going to talk about any of the new stuff with Tonal. There's a new group that we want to talk about. Okay. There's a new update from the Black Excellence series. There's uh, some little in case you missed it details like what now, 
works with the tonal from a gadget standpoint. Okay. So People love things, their gadgets. I know. I know. So we're going to talk about all of those kind of things. So. Awesome. Well, uh, before we get to all that, shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast. You can find us while you're there. Be sure and rate, review, and follow us so you never miss an episode. And you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash superset podcast. Uh, while you're there, like the page and join the group. And you can also find us on YouTube. All of these episodes live on YouTube at our YouTube channel, which is called youtube.com slash the clip out the name of our other podcast. But everything lives under one umbrella. So swing on by and uh, follow us there if you are so inclined. So there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Look who's talking about Tonal. So we were talking about Tonal uh, starting their live classes, and they put out a really cool video kind of taking you behind the scenes of their dress rehearsals. They officially did this as a Tonal talk, and it might have been my favorite Tonal talk, although I love all of them. So I don't know. That's tough to choose. But it's my current favorite. My current favorite is the one we were on. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, Kate did a really, really good job. And... I didn't realize this whole time that when they're filming classes, like it's in an honest to God Hollywood studio. Like it didn't, it never occurred to me. Yeah, I just thought it was like they had a thing in the office. It was like, I here, thought, here yeah. are the cubicles. Here's the break room. Right. Here's where we film the classes. Right. And I guess that's because I've been behind the scenes at Tonal. I mean, excuse me, at Peloton and it's a studio in the building. Right. So I have just been assuming this whole time that's exactly how Tonal is doing it. Yeah. So first of all, mind blown, like right off the bat, this particular studio has had a lot of stuff happen. It's like been filmed in it, including a Selena Gomez video. Oh. And Kate mentioned like three other things, but that's I, the one I, that stuck with me. I care about <laughs> Selena Gomez now that I watch Only, Only Murders, Murders in the, in the Building. building. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. And uh, I guess I should have cared about her before. She's Wizards of Waverly Place, right? Mm-hmm. So I should have cared about her before because I was friends with Mr. Larry Tate. Yes. In real life. <laughs> with, yes, exactly. Bill Cott. Yeah, you should have cared. You should have cared. Whoops. <laughs> But at any rate, and this was really cool because then, so like all the COVID protocols were being followed, you know, masks were being worn. They had to like, there were signs were like, be quiet, be quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're filming. Then Kate went backstage and she talked to one of the guys filming and talked to him about what that was like. And then she went into the dressing room where Coach Gabby was getting ready and like she was getting her makeup and hair done. I mean, again, mind blown because I had no idea. Like, I know that they said they had people for this, right. but I didn't realize like it's legit people for this. Like that they, <laughs> they're producing it like a Hollywood studio. Sure. I just, you know, so this is why you should watch the tonal talks because you, you learn so much. This was very cool. So those were my key takeaways that there's a lot of awesome stuff happening. And if you haven't had a chance to watch this, you absolutely should. It's a really good one. They even have a wardrobe broom, Tom. A wardrobe broom. It's like my dream come true. (laughs) All workout clothes. Mm, mm, mm. Also, uh, Kate posted in the official tonal community on Facebook. They want to keep you healthy. And that doesn't just mean through working out. They posted their safety guidelines and tips to keep you safe while using your tonal. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because so many people, 
people, you know, it's so obvious that it's an exercise equipment and we need to be careful with it and that exercise in and of itself is wonderful for you. But if you're not following all the rules can be dangerous. So they talk about minors using the tonal. If you're going to be doing any prenatal training, talk to your doctor. If you're going to solicit medical suggestions from the community and coaches, (laughs) don't do that. Talk to your doctor. Um, (laughs) It's always a bad idea to ask the internet for science advice. Yeah, exactly. the last 18 months has taught us anything. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Using third-party accessories on Tonal. Like, Tonal hasn't evaluated those. They have no idea how well those work. Back squats on Tonal. We've talked about this before. Not necessarily. It can lead to danger. So, you know, those need to be... That's why they do front squats. They're safer on the tonal goblet squats. And this is this is a new one for me seeing tonals recommendations about how to perform them because everyone is a little bit different. So you might need to adjust your body position to make sure that you're comfortable while doing it and you have the appropriate range of motion. So I thought that was really great that they they posted all this. It wasn't too long ago that they had the screen lock that they added to it as well. So it's nice to see. That Tonal takes all these things seriously. And it's it's yet another guide that is out there on the official Tonal community. So if you have questions about that or if you know somebody that gets one and you're like, oh, just want to make sure you're doing all the right things. Boom. You can just send them the link. They got it all. New Tonal content. As always, there is tons and tons of new content. So much. It is crazy the amount of content. You know, honestly, you know, we were talking about the studio, right? Yeah. And that they film in a Hollywood studio that there's not a studio on site. But I think part of the reason I just assumed they had a studio on site was because they create so much content. I know, right? So are they renting a studio? I because they that, have to that be. That has to be so expensive. Yeah, like that's why I just thought like, oh, it would have to be cheaper to just have it all in-house. Well, and you know, it wasn't too long ago that like uh, Kate told me or posted, like, I don't remember, we were having a conversation. I, I can't remember. But there's like multiple stages. There's multiple stages back there. So like they could be, they could be filming two different kinds of content at the exact same time. Interesting. Yeah. Again, with the mind blown. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just crazy. So, yeah, what is going on? We have a brand new program, The Power of Chains. Actually, is this a new program? I don't know. No, this is not a new program. I'm so sorry. Power of Change with Coach Nicolette. It is a full body, all focused on chains. And it's 29 minutes. So you're going to have like all the different muscle groups completely challenged by chains mode. So that workout is going to be no joke. That's labeled as intermediate. Then there's the upper body intensity with Coach Brendan, also an intermediate upper body, 25 minutes. Boom. There's several new quick fits. There's Attack Your Core with Coach Paul. Uh, Then there's the Back Muscle Build with Coach Paul. New cardio is coming up. Tabata Burn with Coach Woody. 16 minutes of major cardio. This might be a good one for you, Tom, when you're looking for a cardio (laughs) add-on. I like to to help out. Yes. Yes. Gosh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Also, new yoga. Yoga is amazing. Forward Folds with Coach Nikki. New Pilates. Now, I saw Ben Folds. Is this any? No. No? Mm -mm. Okay. No. No. Completely different. New Pilates, Pilates abs. It's a series of five with Coach Francis. And so that's a Pilates term. New warm up, power activation with Coach Paul. And new mobility, pain free knees with Coach Liz. This, this, this needs to be taken by anybody who does a lot of biking or running and you ever have like soreness in your knees, pain free knees. Or you, praying. Sure. Sure. Or. No, I won't say it. Okay. That's <laughs> that's for the best. I know where you're going. Uh, then there's new recovery. I'm kind of glad you do. 
<laughs> new recovery, recovery for mobility with Coach Nicolette, 17 minutes full body. All muscle groups will be covered. So if you're going to take one of these full body workouts, make sure you take the full body recovery as well. So we talked, was it the last episode? Maybe? It was on the last episode. Okay, about yeah. just the different kind of subgroups that Tonal is fostering within the world of Tonal. And they talked about their XXL community. And Kate posted uh, last week spotlighting their LGBTQ plus and allies group. Yeah. And uh, this is led by Patrick Kariri. I hope that I said that correctly. And then they also had on October 18th in that group, they had a live stream that Coach Pablo hosted, and he's going to do this monthly there. He's discussing fitness related topics relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. So it's kind of the first one was all about fitness and psychology. So that's, that's a really great option if you're looking for again, it's for allies, too. So right. even if you don't have like if you're not LGBTQ plus, but you're an ally, this could still be a really good place for you to go show support and interact with the coaches and have good conversations. Well, it's probably for the best that they say and allies because how are they going to make you prove it? Well, that's <laughs> that, that's true. That would be an awkward Facebook message. Wouldn't like, it? <laughs> so, wouldn't it? Well, but sometimes sometimes these sometimes groups people are, safe you know, space. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm I just totally saying that, that like, too. ultimately, there's no way to police that. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, so just basically it's their way of saying everybody's welcome, but don't be an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Definitely. That's always the case. Like, just don't be an asshole. That, that really should be every interaction you ever have on Facebook online. In fact, just in life. Yes. In life. And while I hate to rank groups in terms of importance, a slightly less important group, <laughs> but something some people still might enjoy, someone began a Pets of Tonal Facebook page. As far as people enjoying it, that would that would be me. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I would enjoy this. Pets of Tonal now exists, and you can post pictures of your furry little workout partners that come in all shapes and sizes. And, so, and interrupts your workout. That's what ours does. Yes. Ours yes. thinks it's playtime. Or it, that it's it's just time to nuzzle. Yes. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're on the floor? I'm on the floor. <laughs> Let's be on the floor together. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, this was started by some amazing person who was just like, I would like to start a group. So it's Kian Tang, I believe. And so now there's a whole brand new group, Pets of Tonal. So make sure you join. So Coach Nicolette and Coach Francis celebrated <laughs> Latin Heritage Month together. Yeah. Okay. So this was for the whole community to wrap up the month because this is this is the holiday that goes from the 15th oh, that's to the right. 15th. It's not like October. It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so they were wrapping up the Latin Heritage Month with tonal treats and the I can't remember what the food they made was but they guacamole made guacamole and margaritas well I was gonna say the margarita part I said the food I remembered the drink uh, which I think yeah that was silly of me I think it makes sense but it was yeah. it was a mock margarita so like even if you're not drinking alcohol you still have an amazing treat ah, that you, you you're not have. left out you're not left out oh, that's nice yeah I thought that was fun it's been a while since there's been a tonal treat but they're fun and then uh, Tonal continued their Black Excellence series. They did, yeah. And this time it was about the invisible history of the Afro-Latin community. Absolutely fascinating. 
So you might be wondering what comprises of Invisible History. They actually have a Patreon and an Instagram that you can follow them. They consider themselves to be independent artists who create high quality educational content honoring historical events relating to Black, Latin and Indigenous people. And they are looking to make it possible for everyone to learn about the subjects covered and have access to the information for free. That's really cool. Absolutely. And if you want more information, you can check out their Patreon at patreon.com slash invisible history. In case you missed it. Well, in case you were unaware, you can link your or sync, I guess is what the kids say, (laughs) your Amazon Halo with your tonal. Yeah, and it's pretty easy to do. And also, somebody posted earlier this week that, you know, they wanted to hook up their Whoop to it, and Whoop also works on the tonal so that you can see what your heart rate is. So there's there's lots of ways to do that. And of course, there has been a previous tonal talk that talks about heart rate zone training if you're interested in how it works with the tonal. And so the the link is out there as well if you go and search for it in the official tonal community. That's pretty cool that they're getting more little gadgets that you can add to Tonal, though. Absolutely. Also, the November challenge has been revealed. It has. And this one is going to be fascinating because, you know, in the past, we've always had four week challenges and this one's still going to be four weeks, but it's two two week programs in one month. How about that? Coach Jared is going to do two weeks of beginner breakthrough. And then Coach Allison is going to take on the last two weeks in the Stronger for Sport program. So this is the first time that we've had two coaches that are going to work together to do the community challenge. So that is awesome. And each workout is about 30 minutes. So there's going to be plenty of time for other programming. If you're wanting to do that, you know, get your cardio in or whatever else you want to do. Totally doesn't screw up other plans you might have. Exactly. And they've incorporated uh, encore classes on Saturdays so that they'll still be able to be virtual classes, like virtual group classes that everybody can take together. Those live classes that are happening, there's encores of them and those happen on Saturdays. So uh, Richard Ellis posted an interesting article in the OTC. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading about this. It's from LiveScience.com. And it's an article that shows, talks about how muscles heal themselves after a workout. And there's a picture of a muscle on the cover of it. And you can see how the muscles like literally repair themselves. And I guess the article also talks about eccentric movements and how it creates tears in the muscle fibers, which is what you want, because mm-hmm. as they as they grow together, that's what makes your muscle bigger. Right. So that's what you want to happen. And that's really cool because we have that eccentric mode. So yay, tonal. Yeah. And and the tonal will constantly just tweak the weight. Exactly. You don't have to think about it. And I love not thinking about things. I know. I know. (laughs) But I mean, exercise is hard. So having the ability to not think about it, but still get an amazing workout is so freaking cool. And, you know, I I always say I love not thinking about it, but I also love not. (laughs) I love having that choice taken away from me. (laughs) Well, yeah. Like, do I is it time to increase? Is it not time to increase? It's stressful. Of the machine just going, no, it's time. And it happened. It's it's anxiety inducing, I think, because I think somebody like myself who doesn't have any confidence when it's time to increase the weight, you know, it's like you're constantly second guessing yourself. So even though you joke about I don't want to think about it, really, what I hear you saying is it's amazing to know that you're doing it at the right time, at the right rhythm, and you're not hurting yourself, but you're also not underestimating yourself. I don't trust myself to make the right call. I'll, I'll either let myself off the hook or I'll be afraid that I'm not quite ready when I am and, exactly. and it will just slow down my progress. So I, uh, it's nice. That's what I mean about yeah. underestimating yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's no, easy I to happen. No, I think I'm right. 
I don't think I'm underestimating. I think I'm right. I wouldn't know what I was doing. <laughs> underestimating yourself from a string standpoint, Tom, since oh, okay. you're not getting what I'm saying <laughs> at all. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Kate had a, a humorous anecdote about running into a member of the tonal community out while she was out and about. Yeah, this was uh, last week, right in the middle of when the live classes were dropping. And so she was like eating her food just between back to back live classes. And then two people showed up, two women showed up at her door to buy a chair from her future mother-in-law and then they know <laughs> they noticed the tonal logo on the back of kate's leggings or perhaps as kate thought might be possible her totally toned muscles <laughs> and uh they asked her if she had a tonal and so then she found out that andrea bowen who was the one of the women at the door is a member of the official tonal community she doesn't have a tonal yet but she thinks that we can persuade her I thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. Tonal Book Club. And the November book has been announced. It has. It's going to be No Sweat, How the Simple Science of Motivation Can Bring You a Lifetime of Fitness. So if you kind of pair this with the classes that are going to be going on, it's like this is all kind of for beginners. It doesn't have to be for beginners, but for people who maybe you've been off tonal for a while and you're looking for a way to get back in. But this book and the classes are geared for people who are are starting out, getting to know their tonal, getting to maybe they're working on a different sport. It like all works together in conjunction is my point. So that is a lovely trifecta. Awesome. I love that they uh, try to strengthen your body and your mind. I do too. It's very cool. Checking in with the tonal community. So joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is the one of the newest Coaches, yeah, brand for, new for tonal. Super excited! It's Brendan Ion Badejo. Did I get that right? You said it perfect. Whoa. Welcome to the family. You're- I wanted your validation one because I'm needy, and two, like I think a lot of people would think the J is like a soft J, like in Spanish, which is where my right. mind went initially. So I don't want people to yell at me. So it was also a preemptively defensive position but you were in football so you yeah now you're part of the family but yeah it's african so the j you know different set of uh linguistical rules when it comes to i guess non-latin words that That makes makes perfect sense makes total sense it's just because i took spanish in high school and college so i like want to default to that plus my own cultural biases my (laughs) latino friends i'm brandon i am badejo whatever it has a nice ring to it it either way it sounds good it's very lyrical when you say it with the spanish accent that's great right So being a brand new coach, we have all kinds of questions for you. I'm really curious, like when Tonal first like came on the scene for you, like when you first realized, hey, it's out there, I'm interested in this. And also I'm super curious about what was the process like to become a coach for Tonal? Yeah, those are all great questions. And I think my story will be super unique and it'll be very different than probably most people on the planet when it comes to Tonal. In 2017, I was part, and I still am part of a venture capital firm called Next Play Capital. And we were at one of their incubators on the um, Embarcadero in San Francisco. And we went into this, not an office, but almost a warehouse slash office. And there was people pounding and banging away. And there was this beta test going on on this machine. And it wasn't a tonal yet, but it was going to be tonal. And it was in the very early preliminary stages. And they were just 
putting out there to investors and talking about the theme and the concept of what it was going to be, digital weights, all the different things you could do with turning on and off with your hands. And me being in the fitness industry and having been a former professional athlete, I was like, I want to be a part of this company. So I invested in 2017. Then we'll fast forward to Tonal came out and I bought a Tonal and I started using it. But in the back of my head the whole time, I was like, now, how do I work with Tonal? Instead of just being an investor, how do I work with this company? I now have my Tonal. I've had it for six or seven months. Let me just email the people that I know over at the company, even though I didn't have a relationship where we talked all the time, but I did know some people over at the company. And so I emailed them and then I started having this dialogue back and forth. And they're like, well, if you're serious about coaching with us, then you'll go through the same process that everybody else has to go through. So I went through... I don't know if it's a casting call because all this was through just create my submission video and I auditioned and then I came in for an in-person and it was really a process. It took definitely three to four quarters to get it all dialed in and situated. And finally, they're like, oh, Brennan, guess what? We do want you to coach. And I kind of manifested it a long time ago. And to be sitting here and be a tonal coach now in 2021, this is something that I've kind of envisioned since 2017. I feel very accomplished. I feel very excited. And I'm very humbled and honored that the company did everything that they said they were going to do and more. And then I also get to be a part of it on several different levels. Wow, you were right. That is a very different story than what we've heard before. That is incredible. I love that you had the vision like from day one. You were like, oh, I want to be part of that. Like, I love the machine, even though it wasn't in its gorgeous end user in product beauty. You were like, I want in on that. So I'm just curious, like we see the end product. What did that early version look like compared to what we have now? Like, I think when I saw it, there was some kind of visibly exposed pulleys. I couldn't grab the trainer. I couldn't grab it and use it and activate the weights at the time when I went and looked at it. Okay. And then the screen didn't even really turn on, but I just kind of saw beta videos and so on and so forth of what they envisioned it doing. And it wasn't sleek and beautiful and a piece that you want to put anywhere in your house just yeah. yet. It was in black and um, white. <laughs> I just remember seeing more like exposed metal. Right. You know, I don't like that sleek black and that cool design, very tactile. Like I didn't have those types of features or opportunities to play with it and touch it. But then later on, I was able to go and see it and it still wasn't even as cool as it is now. I saw like a later version of it. But yeah, I mean, it's always been a great and a magnificent idea. And usually these ideas... They get half cooked or half baked, but this idea, they did even more than what they presented to the investors. And even what you see now on Tonal, it's going to do more next year and the next year and so on and so forth. So I'm really excited with where the company is going that I get to participate and be along with this revolutionary technology that's going to bring real strength training into people's homes without taking up the whole house. Yeah. And making it accessible to people that are intimidated by weightlifting, which is somebody like myself. I mean, (laughs) and coming from like you were a professional football player, I'm thinking that lifting weights was you weren't really a a stranger to that. You lifted a weight or two (laughs) in your day. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of weight in my time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But it's something I've always been really intimidated by. So having the ability to have it in our house and have it accessible and be able to not have to worry, like, am I lifting the right weight? Does this make sense for me? Kind of having all of that guesswork taken out of it 
has just been a complete game changer for us. And I'm so excited. (laughs) I still get really excited when I talk about Tonal, obviously. I'm also super curious, what was it like being a professional football player? Like, I just feel like that would be so hard to like be in the limelight like that. And I guess now you're doing another version of being in the limelight, right? But (laughs) (laughs) but what is that like? I can't say that I've ever hated attention. I definitely can't say that. (laughs) I know the feeling. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, playing pro ball as a kid, I played so many different sports and eventually football was kind of the least barrier to entry for me. Like I'd play other sports and I'd hurt other kids. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should play a sport where I'm supposed to hurt other kids. Not necessarily hurt them, but I'm supposed to bang them up and beat them up, not playing baseball and accidentally bumping into a kid or playing basketball and you break a kid's ribs because you bumped into them too hard. Well, that's kind of what you're supposed to do in football. Not that you're supposed to break anybody. So yeah, it's kind of the sport that called me more than I called it because I played so many different sports. But also I grew up in Chicago until I was 10. And to be able to play in the city that I was born and raised in was amazing. And to be able to give back to the community that gave so much to me as a kid and helped raise me as well. So, I mean, when you have a a moonshot goal and you achieve and you accomplish it, and then you get to live within that dream for 10 years, it was pretty special. And obviously it's an experience that I won't ever forget, but it was also very tough. It was also very challenging. I was never comfortable a single day at work for 10 years in the NFL because I know that NFL stands for not for long. And the second you get comfortable, then I played till I was 35 or 36. But had I got comfortable at 30, then there's going to be some 22 or 23 year old guy that's going to take my job. So even though I made Pro Bowls and I was team captain and the best player at my position on the team, I went into work every single day like I was expendable. And that takes a lot of pressure and a lot of toll on you mentally yeah. and physically. But that's kind of just the way that I am. No pressure, no diamond. I always like to put pressure <laughs> on myself to be the best that I can be. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a sports guy by nature, but isn't the like the average length of time in the NFL like less than two years? For so the, the average, average player is... is- Yeah, it's three years and three games. So it's just, you know, when you get to that third or your fourth game, you get vested and that's considered your fourth year, but it's just under four seasons. And yeah, I mean, there's guys like Tom Brady that play for 20 years. There's other guys that play for one year. And then I was very fortunate to be able to play for 10. So I'm always curious on that journey to the pro level. At what point when you're a kid, whether it's high school or college, at what point did you realize I'm better at this than (laughs) most people like everybody, whatever your field is, has your dream. If you love sports and like you've got the announcers going in your head when you play sports, if you think you're a funny guy, like I try to think I am like I play the game like, well, if I was walking on stage doing stand up, like at what point did you go? This could be a thing. I'm not crazy. Right. You know what? I don't know if I ever quite had that feeling, but I always felt like I was special. So in high school, I wasn't ever the best player on my team. We had other players that were better than me coming out of high school. I wasn't offered a scholarship. So I went to junior college. Then I had some teams looking at me, but I ultimately sent my tapes to the team that I wanted to go to. Then I got a scholarship to UCLA. Eventually, I became one of the best players on my team. And I was an all Pac-10, you know, received accolades and awards. But I wasn't drafted in the NFL. And then before I even made the NFL, I was cut three times as well. So my story is one of trials and tribulation and the path kind of less taken. And most people don't come out of that. Once you're cut once or twice from the league, you don't really make it back. Then I ended up playing 10 years and doing all the things that I did. So I don't know if I ever quite had the feeling that, hey, I'm one of the best and I've arrived. But I will say when my brother was in high school, 
And he played 10 years in the NFL and won a Super Bowl as well. We did the same things and we're the first in our family to play in the NFL. But um, <laughs> when my brother was in high school, his JV coach, which was my JV coach, he had pulled my brother aside and said to him, he's like, you're special. I've never seen a player like you before. You can do things that the other kids can't do. And my, my brother, I remember him telling me that story and I'm like, OK, well, anything my brother can do, I can do as well. <laughs> and that's kind of when I had the first inkling and first idea like, hey, I could potentially be a pro player. But at the time I was like my brother was maybe 14 or 15 and I was like 12 or 13. That's just such a crazy story that yeah. both of you did that. I mean, it's like there's so few families that have the distinction of saying I played in the NFL and you guys are like, yeah, we, we both, both did. did. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's really It'd be cool. interesting for my mom. My mom would go to game. I played one season with my brother. That was the best thing for my mom. But I bet. there was a few seasons where we played against each other. So my mom would be wearing stuff from both teams and would be in the crowd like, hey, lady, are you crazy? Are you, who are you cheering for? Are you cheering for the Bears or are you cheering for the Cardinals? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, I had a moment like that when I played sports as a kid and they actually pulled me aside and the coach was like, you're the opposite of special and you should probably take up like cross stitch maybe or dance. Maybe think about that or accounting. Well, dancing. Hey, dancing Dancing's and accounting really hard, yeah. are both amazing. So I've been enamored by I love accounting to tell you the truth. I have my MBA and I enjoyed accounting, but dancing. Now, that's something I wish I really could do because I love to dance. I just don't do it well. Wow. So what is it like from whenever you're a football player and you're at that level? Like, what is every day working out like? I mean, I would think that you're not just like you can't just do 45 minutes. That's not even close. Right. But I also picture like you working out all day. <laughs> That's what I picture. Right. <laughs> so you have off season training and you have in season training for me, off season training. I would probably do about 16 workouts a week. Each workout would be around an hour. So you can imagine there's seven days in a week. So seven days, I would do a double day. But a couple of those days, I would do three workouts a day. So that's how I stayed in the league so long. But as much as you're working out, you're stretching, you're sleeping, you're taking care of your body, you're meditating and doing all that stuff. So I worked and I grinded really hard in the off seasons. And then during the season, I would work out with weights three times a week. I would try to get a workout done the day after a game. So we play on Sundays. I try to work out Monday. It was the hardest day to work out because your body was beat up. And then I try to get my work done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then use the rest of the week for recovery. But of course, you're on your feet every day during the week in practice. And practices are you're on your feet a few hours a day during practice. And then there's different paces and different tempos while you're on your feet. Now, the league is a lot more gracious when it comes to 50% effort in practice. And maybe one day's 85% effort. There's no days where you're hitting and tackling usually during the season, unless the coach gets mad at you because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and there's rules on the, the amount of days you can wear pads and all that stuff. So it wasn't so much like that when I played, but now they're a lot more conscious that recovery is almost as important, if not more important than the actual physical work that you're doing. Wow. So how much of those workouts do you come up with? Do you hire someone to come up with? Or do they say, if you're in this position, here's what you do. You do these exercises on these days. Go. Right. So in the off season, the team can only work with you within allowed windows. So you can't be there the entire off season. Mm -hmm. There's maybe a, if the off season is six months, there's maybe four months of programming where they can be with you and they'll create and design the program. And the program will be conditioning, agility, speed, position specific work, and then a whole weightlifting program that goes with restore and recovery. So whether that's swimming, physio, 
yoga, stretch, so on and so forth. And then some players don't like to go to the off-season program, but the benefit is you're doing what the team wants you to do. And you're also getting paid for that. But for me, as I got later in my career, I would just pay a trainer. So I'd pay like, I don't know, it was a thousand bucks a week to go to my trainer that had all that stuff designed for me. So I didn't have to think I would just show up every single day. They had days that were position, recovery, regeneration, conditioning, speed, agility, so on and so forth in their weight program. And then I would add additional weight training so I could just build specific muscles that I wanted to build. Wow. Awesome. It's funny. Like you hired a guy so you didn't have to think. And I'm like, that's what we have tonal for. <laughs> exactly. And it's not a thousand dollars a month. It's not a thousand dollars a week month. either. Yeah. They're also not paying us to do it. So that... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Good It'd be point. pretty great to get paid to work out, right? Yeah. Like everybody would be in shape. You pay me to work out. <laughs> tonal got... should be paying us all to work out. <laughs> I think there's a flaw in that business model. You're forgetting you're also an investor. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think you've gained the system now because you do get paid to work out for yeah. tonal. You're double dipping. And- <laughs> it's brilliant. I'm double dipping. It's brilliant. I'm definitely double dipping. <laughs> yeah, I, that's genius. And I'm also curious, what was it like from that transition? So you're working out all the time. It sounds like now you you transition back into civilian life, I put in quotes, and then you become a personal trainer. So you, now you're maybe you were before that, but that's what you start focusing on. And I would think that after working out all that time, eating a certain amount, it would be a difficult transition to not gain like a thousand pounds as soon as you're out of the NFL. (laughs) So it sounds like you were very careful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing was, like I mentioned in the off season, even up till I was 36 years old, I was working out 16 times a week in the off season. So to work out that much, eating is a chore. Like I had to eat so much food and eat a specific way. And I was taking a hundred pills and vitamins a day from collagen for my connective tissue to ginkgo biloba for my darn brain. That was a chore in itself. So to be able to just eat less, I dropped about 20 pounds. Yeah. Most of it was muscle mass, but I don't eat that much anymore. I work out three times a week for myself. And then I work out on my tonal additionally, just to shore up my coaching and practicing different moves and routines that I'm going to be implementing on tonal. I don't consider those my workouts, even though they're a decent pace and they're challenging in itself. But I have like three workouts for me that I do a week. So that's three hours. And then the rest is mostly just recovery. So I'm doing Francis's yoga classes on tonal or Jared Rodriguez's mobility classes on tonal. So yeah, the transition was doing less, not doing more. And that was hard to do less. But I think that I want to live for a long time and I want to have a high quality of life and I just can't grind and beat up my body. And so I've been able to change the way that I look, change my eating habits and still feel very good and still feel very healthy with doing a lot less. But it's definitely been a work in progress. With that transition from like NFL level fitness to where you're at now, like not that like, not that you're not, not, fit. You're not in amazing Obviously, shape, you're in amazing that, shape. was there like, <laughs> was it difficult to process that psychologically to feel like, Oh, I just lost 20 pounds of muscle. Was that hard to swallow? Egotistically, it was so hard not to be the strongest guy, not on the floor that day, but the strongest guy in the gym, like in my mind, I'm like, right. I want to be the strongest guy sure. in the gym, or I want to be the buffest guy on the beach. And so to transition out of that, I'm like, okay, let the young guys do that. I'm about to be 45 in a couple of days. Like, I don't need to do that stuff anymore. Plus, I'm going to hurt myself because I actually got more hurt after I transitioned out of the league, still trying to lift heavy, put 400 pounds on my back and do 10 reps of squats. And I'd go run a quarter mile. And then I would do that. I'm like, oh, can I do this for 20 minutes straight? 
And that was insane. I wasn't even training like that when I was in the NFL, but I tried to <laughs> keep training like that at a high level. So yeah, I had to change really everything. And I started getting a lot more into yoga, Pilates, mobility work, more muscle endurance, 20 reps of things, changing up my movements because I wasn't getting all the three planes of motion that I'd normally get when I was playing football and doing those things. So building in different planes of motions with weights and exercises that I really wasn't doing when I was playing. So yeah, it was a big transition, but mostly it was ego. I had to let go of being the strongest, fastest specimen everywhere I went. I didn't need to be the lion anymore. Wow. That has to be difficult though. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of respect for you to make that and to make it so gracefully. And I love that you've taken your life and you're still super focused on fitness and like, but you're doing it in a healthy way. And I think that's really cool. That's a lot of respect for that. Yeah. And I think for women, there's a lot to be said about lifting weights too, because it's actually the healthiest thing you can do to maintain bone density, to maintain a lean body, to maintain your metabolism. But there's such a stigma against weightlifting because probably I'm just going to throw out an odd number. I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but say 30 or 40% of women think, oh, I'm going to lift weights. So I'm going to get too buff. Yep. And it, that's not going to happen. First um, off, it's hard I, to get buff. Yeah. If it was it's that hard easy, to get buff, if it was that easy that you could get accidentally buff. And she's going to get buff. Yeah. <laughs> when that's the best thing you can do hormonally, physically, <laughs> like it's the best thing you can do exercise wise. Yes, you do need a myriad of exercises and different modalities that you're doing. You need to build in some cardio. You need to build in some mobility and some different types of movements. And then you need to build in strength training. And strength training should really be at the pillar of everything that you're doing. And I'm not saying that self-servingly. It's just scientifically. I'm just giving the facts. But some people are very against it. So it always boggles my mind. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there that you try on like social media. I try to like steer people in the right direction without getting into a long winded conversation. And people will just they fight against you. They think the answer is only cardio and it's cardio all the time. And it's zone five cardio. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> Well, we are in one of the biggest conspiracy countries in the world. So it's the age of misinformation. And I think that's part of my job as a personal trainer to teach people, Hey, these are some of the best things you can do. And people ask the questions like you're asking me, well, how much do you train now? Well, I do about three hours a week of strength training. And then I build in walking, I build in stretch, I build in yoga, but the foundation is that three hours that I get to have to myself. And then everything else is ancillary. And it's a supplement to that strength training. Now, could somebody get to where you're at doing three hours a week? Or is that like once you've achieved where you're at, that's what you can maintain by doing the three hours? I think a lot of that depends on age and muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of have some of that programmed in, then yes. But if you're newer to it and say you're 40 and you're just going to get into weightlifting at 40, then you, you know, there'll probably be a lot more of a learning cycle. I'm at a point where I can kind of hone it in and Mm -hmm. focus on what I need to do and lift enough weight to get to where I need to get to. But I think there's probably a foundation that needs to be built in for people to do that. Because most people that I know, they don't have the hours on their bodies that I have on my body. Sure. And so now they're actually doing more than I do. And I probably have a higher fitness IQ, but it's just because of all the extra work that I've done in the past. But there's people that are just blessed DNA wise and they have a decent diet and really good sleep habits and they're able to transform. And we see it all the time. People that didn't even know that they could, they just had been eating poorly and sleeping poorly and they had been doing fitness. But once they dial everything in, because fitness will probably always be the third pillar in your health after diet will always be number one, sleep will probably be number two, and then your fitness will be number three. You can do a lot when you start putting all those pieces together, no matter what age you are. That means, Crystal, you can't make fun of me when I nap anymore. (laughs) 
it, it's part of your fitness it counts program. As my, it's my fitness regimen. <laughs> well, it depends. The napping depends. Why are you napping? Are you napping because you're eating foods that are inflammating your body and you have mm-hmm. to nap to recover? Mm-hmm. Or are you napping because that's part of your natural sleep cycle? So there is such thing as too much sleeping and there's <laughs> such thing as too little sleeping. You have to find kind of what the optimum amount of sleep is for each individual. I want to sleep like you worked out in the NFL. Like I want to. <laughs> He's like Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like. He's hibernation. Really, he's That's really I'm not. For. It's just no, it's hilarious that. because he can fall asleep. I can't anywhere, sleep anywhere. Like anywhere. Yes. <laughs> that is a talent that it most is. people wish they had. Yes. For sure. Yeah. He's like, there's oh. value in that. There's value in being able to sleep when hurricane xyz is outside and you're like oh let me just take a nap so i can power up a little bit yeah he could i wouldn't be able to but he absolutely can it's crazy okay so what has it been like being a coach for tonal and what do you think about it so far well it's still very new for me i've probably done maybe 10 workouts there's three that are available now probably done 10 and i have a lot more coming up in the coming weeks it's a learning experience It's exciting. It makes me nervous at the same time, which at this age, not too many things make me nervous. So it's good that things still make me nervous and excited at the same time. And I just want to see how much I can push. Like, can I help push and innovate Tonal? And how much is Tonal going to help push and change me as well? In fitness, there's always kind of an evolution in fitness going and you want to maintain some of the core pillars of fitness, but you also want to know the science and the education as to what's new and what's the most beneficial as fitness continues to change. So I've had a little bit of all of that and I'm excited to kind of put my signature on Tonal and help build the Tonal community and start having dialogue back and forth with members and people that are taking my workouts and my classes. I haven't been able to kind of build that following yet just because I'm so new, but this is why I'm here on your podcast. And this is exactly why I'm on Tonal because right now I can help people inside the four walls of my brick and mortar. And we have probably 30,000 members in my brick and mortar, but through Tonal, it's unlimited. And in the trend rate for Tonal subscribers and Tonal members is on a rocket ship right now. So I love that I could be in somebody's home in New York, in Alaska, Mm -hmm. in Florida, and I can be here in LA. And eventually I'm going to be in homes all over the United States. And so is Tonal. So that's exciting to me. Absolutely. Wow. It does sound exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So when you work out with Tonal, do you do programs or workouts or do you just set up your own stuff? But like when you were just a member. (laughs) Yeah, even just a member, like I'm like, let me try to benefit from everything that Tonal has to offer. If I'm just going to come on here and do my own thing, then I'm not really learning anything. So I've taken a couple programs with Coach Nicolette, and then I mostly do workouts. I do have just over 100 workouts on Tonal. Wow. Um, I think I just hit that maybe last week. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm at the century mark. And I do probably 40% of my own workouts. And some of those are just trying to learn and program and how do I want to build workouts and how do I want my workouts to feel numbers. Yeah, I try to do everything that Tonal offers. I'd done Coach Francis's yoga. I took Trace's, one of his workouts yesterday, which was amazing. They both kicked my butt. It said beginning <laughs> yoga. And I was like, no, this is pretty darn advanced for me. <laughs> but yeah, I want to benefit from everything that Tonal has to offer for sure. That's really cool. So how do you feel Tonal compares to traditional weights? It's heavier just because there's no momentum, but it's also intelligent. So whereas traditional weights are traditional weights, so there's nobody telling me how much power I'm exerting on each rep. There's no one kind of correcting my form. 
unless that's just myself, if I'm looking in a mirror or whatnot. And then just being able to add chains, smart flex, eccentric, which are all not smart flex, but eccentric and chains. And those are things that I did while I trained as a professional athlete or even just as somebody that loved to lift weights. But to be able to have all those at the push of a button is phenomenal. So yeah, it's been amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm also curious if Tonal has enough weight for you to like do your workouts on or do you supplement with other machines or is it like it's enough that you get a good workout? Yeah, no, it's totally enough. It's very rare that I max out the weight on Tonal when I deadlift. If I back squat, which we don't do on Tonal, but I'll do it on my own. We don't have that in our exercise library. And then sometimes when I'm bench pressing, but just with the barbell. But uh, the handles are are heavier. So I don't need to go quite as heavy when you open that chain. So when it's a closed chain, you're stronger in a closed chain. So people in the wild inside of a gym off Mm -hmm. of Tonal with dumbbells, you're not going to be as strong with dumbbells as you would be with the barbell because that chain is open. So there's just another plane of motion where you're trying to balance and so on and so forth. But um, the barbell closes that. So the same thing is true on tonal. You'll be stronger with your barbell weight than you will be with your handle weight. That's fascinating. I never realized that. I just thought it was like sometimes you had to do the handles because they're not trying to make you change your setup as much. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's a big jump to go. If the move before it was handles and now they want you to do barbells, that's a lot of hoops to jump through. And they, they tend to try to avoid that. I thought that was the only thing driving that decision. So that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, when you're doing some of the workouts, the coaches don't want to be switching and changing the equipment, especially if if time is limited. So you'll see in the shorter programs, they're not changing the equipment as much in the longer programs and the coaches will will change out the equipment. But um, yeah, you're going to be stronger with the barbell for sure than you will be with the handles. Very cool. Good to know. Yeah. So let's see, do you have any advice for people who are just starting to work out on Tonal? think that when you work out on Tonal, you should not limit yourself to just beginners workouts. I think you should do all the programming. And then if you're very experienced on Tonal, you shouldn't limit yourself to just advanced workouts on Tonal. You should do beginner workouts as well. Because like I mentioned, there's the foundationary things. And sometimes we miss and we forget some of those foundationary things. And we don't necessarily teach all those foundationary things when we're coaching to more advanced people. So it's good to kind of regress and go back and do the basics and then how can you make the basics more challenging? So if it does say that it's a beginner's class, what elements can you add to it? Whether you're adding something on your own in between the workout or if you're increasing weight or you're adding chains or you're doing something to take that beginner program with that beginning education and then making it a little bit more challenging. So you're getting what you need. But I think that there's no such thing as a hard workout and there's no such thing as an easy workout. There's just a workout in whatever you make of it is what it's going to be. So people say, oh, it's a bad workout or I've never had a bad workout. I got four legs. I'm sorry, I have four (laughs) limbs, four legs. I told you I want to be that lion. I have four (laughs) limbs. If these four limbs are working and I wake up in the morning, there's no such thing as a bad workout unless you choose for it to be. So that's one thing I don't subscribe to. If someone's like, oh my God, that workout was so hard or that workout was so easy. Well, if you're advanced, then make it harder. If you're a beginner and a workout is too hard for you, then have the mental wherewithal, which is kind of hard to say that this is too challenging for me. Let me back down. Let me build in more rest. Let me change it up somehow so I can get through it. So 
yeah, that's one thing that people say there's hard and easy workouts. I don't agree. There's just a workout and you decide how hard or how easy you're going to make it, but you should make your workouts challenging. You should try to challenge yourself every time and you should not over exert yourself either. So if you're doing too much, pull back a little bit. If you're doing too little, then increase a little bit. But these are the words of a man that's like I told you, I want to live for a long time and I want to have a high quality of life. And when I would go too hard after being a professional athlete, I would hurt myself. So I had to change and scale back and bring things down a little bit. I'm not being paid a million dollars to work out anymore. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, because this probably isn't something you've struggled with, but how does someone know the difference between they need to back off and they're letting themselves off the hook? You should never move to failure. If you're like, oh, I'm, I'm advanced, like I'm going to crush this workout and you do something and you're struggling on that last rep and you failed. I mean, there's spotter mode. There's different ways you can avoid that. There's mm-hmm. burnout sets on tonal. And then also you can turn off the weight, but it's better to work to 90 percent than it is to work to 100 percent. It's healthier for your body. So, so struggle a little bit with that weight, but don't like if you can't lift it at all that you went too hard. Right. Okay. And if you want more out of it, then lighten the weight and do 20 reps, you know, which is fine. You'll have more time under tension or take lighter weight and move slower with the uh, lighter weight. So for your eccentric, science shows that you should have a four second eccentric, a two second concentric. So it's like one, two, and then a two second pause. So it's a four, two, two. And nobody in the world works out like that. If you're lucky, you'll get a three one, one, you know, three, one, one, but, and most people don't work out like that either. Most people are working at like a one to one to one ratio. So slow things down, lighten the weight and you'll get more out of it actually. Good to know. Yeah. That's, I'm new to all this. So it's all new information to me. <laughs> Tom never yeah, exercised. Sorry, we can Google concentric and eccentric. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Yeah, I knew that part. But like that's, yeah. He never but, exercised till we got the tonal. And then he like exercised on the tonal, like hid that he was doing it for a year. So like, <laughs> this is all new. So I think that's the first how question. How did that year go? What types of transformations did you see? I got thinner. Yeah. And he's getting a lot stronger. He's uh, lost quite a bit of weight in the last year. And also like the muscles that he's gained are starting to show through. He doesn't like to talk about it. but <laughs> I see some traps and some shoulders. See? I see some nice forearms. <laughs> flex your bicep, honey. No, I'm not going to flex my bicep. I'm not gonna... Your head is definitely strong from back here. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I've always exercised that. So, right? yeah. Here's my sports journey. I once struck out at t-ball true that's story. a true story yeah <laughs> that's we're not all athletes no, i don't even know what to say I yeah. don't even... neither did the coach neither I did you struck out hard whatever you yeah, did i hope I'd... you did it your best like the umpire was like strike three like that's a thing i guess like he was very confused i've told this story on the other podcast but work what you know when i played t-ball because they wanted more kids to play so they would have extra positions so you would have like between short stop and center field, right, you'd have an extra position. you had short center and then behind right. center fieldsman you had back center right so you played behind the center fieldsman true story right. i swear to god I played behind that guy. (laughs) Like, if the ball made it to me, I was just supposed to put it in my pocket and bring it in at the end of the inning. That's That's why they have designated hitters. You don't even have to go out there. Just sit on the bench for crying out loud. They like, and then I was so bad at that, they moved me to the most useless position in T-ball, which most people think is the pitcher because they have pretend to throw the ball. I was the catcher. Like, I had to be surprised when they hit the ball, right? Like, I... (laughs) 
<laughs> Somebody's got to catch the ball at home plate. So <laughs> catchers are important. So, well, not so much in T-ball. But yes. So anyway, that's my sports journey. So. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for joining us. Before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, I think the two best places would be Facebook. I have a blue check. Good luck spelling my last name, but it's Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-O-N, Ion Badejo. It'll be in the and title then, of this um, episode, so <laughs> be right? easy to find. You, you'd be surprised. People still won't see it. I get called Brandon all the time. I'm like, there's no and in Brendan. And then on my Instagram, it's at Brendan310. So my Instagram gets pretty crowded, but on Facebook, I'm a lot better at responding when commented. And I'm on the Tonal community as well on Facebook. So I love engaging there with everybody and seeing their transitions and them hitting their million pounds or 2 million pounds and their strength scores going up and whatnot. So I love to engage on there. That's awesome. And I just want to say welcome to the Tonal family. We're so excited you're here. And thank you for taking the time to interview with us. It's been very cool. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the Superset. I'm appreciative and the community has embraced me with open arms and you guys are part of that community. So thank you. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next time, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and the Tonal Leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash Superset Podcast. While you're there, like the page and join the group. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep lifting. Superset is made possible in part by support from Tonal.